We did a leadership boot camp, we did a worship leaders boot camp, and we did a quick gospel community leadership. And across the whole church, we had numerous people discipling numerous people, which is great. We really started to see that taking place. And I think some of the testimonies at Christmas just revealed that. People just talking about how they were influenced by other people as they really reached out to others to disciple them in certain areas, which is great. We also grew in our understanding and experience of the spiritual gifts, didn't we? 2019 was a huge year when it comes to retreat. And I think Michelle, obviously, had prophesied this morning, and David Lee also had a word for some people, so they joined forces, they came up. I noticed that they were prophesied too, so they came up on people. But praise God for what we started to see happen in that. It's so wonderful to see what the Lord is really doing in our midst. In the last year, it was probably too many to bring a risk bringing a prophecy team out because it could be so easy to misconstrued. You just think, how kind of the Lord that He really met with us. So we grew in that understanding, so we start experiencing knowing that gift. And then we just grew. We grew numerically. So as a church, we finished on the same number at the end of the year that we started with at the start of the year. The difference was we planted 30 people out to Parramatta in between. So we were really pleased just to see the Lord giving us growth. And that was with believers, but also unbelievers. And people that didn't know Jesus this time last year got to know Jesus and had the privilege of baptizing them. And we also grew financially. We wondered how last year was going to go. And but in God's kindness, it would great. So I asked Ollie if he would give a presentation. This is always the highlight of the individual. And this is what we look forward to. Ollie looks after all our finances and heads up our finance team. Let's welcome you But I was thinking as I was preparing for today um, that I feel like I just need to take myself today and we can play again next year. The numbers change, but the message is the same. Year on year, God is faithful. God has blessed us more abundantly than we could ever expect it. And you guys are faithful. The way that you follow the calling on your lives to give and plant and um, and serve your local church is evidence so much in these numbers. So if you remember last year, Dave gave a, a chat, we had a bit of a chat here about the fact that we need to, to push this year. We're going to have a financially tight year. We need to hit 42000 on average every month to make sure we can just meet budget. We're going to be sending Parramatta out. We're going to be losing some of their finances. How is that going to work? The numbers I'm about to show you, if you multiply 42,000 by 12, you get to roughly 500,000. So I'm going to speak to the next page, please. Our offerings last year were $601,000. So that as an average is $50,000 a month. So praise God and thank you all for listening to his call on your lives and for you the way you've faithfully given and you trusted the money to this local church. God is using that money, and I'm mean, using it in great kingdoms, that is his kingdom, not your kingdom. <laughs> That's what Dave preaches, and everybody else preaches, and I just lose. And another note there is our that offering figure doesn't include anything from Paramount from September 15. So when Paramount left, their offerings went with them as well. So we haven't included any paraphilics in these numbers post September 15. Uh, I'm going to also, what I'm now going to do is just walk you through the income and where we've spent it, so you can show some um, uh, accountability there. If you have questions on any of this, please speak to me, um, and if you don't have my answers, 
speaking about the other directors, speaking about the pastors, and we know what we're over on this. This is our, we need to be accountable to you with how we want the money you spend. So, our Go Forward Fund 2018, that's the, our Go Forward Fund runs March to February. And so that's the final two months of the Go Forward for 2018. And then the Go Forward Fund beginning in 2019, so that's from March until December, was $155,000. Um, and I'll show you how that was spent on a later page. SG Global includes um, money that Sovereign Grace globally contributes to, for us to put towards Dave's wage because of the work he does as um, Emerging Nations Director. Uh, for Sovereign Grace International, and there's a $20,000 grant in there for, for Rock as well as a church planning grant. And some money manager as well in there, um, as he supports Dave in his role. And any other income includes main music and income from Parramatta that they pay to us to help uh, to meet some of the costs of the bookkeeping that we do for them, um, which is also done by Rachel as a member of Parramatta, but we pay her out here. So all about the money that we collected as Sovereign Grace for Alunga, uh, was $853,000 for the year. So it's not, a, it's not a small sum. For those of you who are like me and learn visually, this next slide will show you the breakdown of that money. So there's different colours there for you to see where it comes from. But as you can see, the bulk of that money comes from each of you. So thank you again for the way that you give. So then in terms of expenses, which is the next slide, 41% of the money that we spend here and when we go to staffing costs. And so the staff remuneration there includes the bookkeeper and assistant, it includes Andrew, Glenn and all the pastors, but it does not include Riley's number there because his number went under the Paramount Church Park, which is the next number. So between the two of them, that's where roughly half of our money's gone. So half the money we collected, including the money that's come from overseas, has gone to meet those expenses. Um, and some of that Riley internship was paid out of the previous year's go forward fund as well. So that $14,000 of income that you saw there, some of that they contributed to Riley's wage in there. Uh, then we've got our after staffing, our next biggest expenses are facility rental, so here, uh, then the office rental, and then this year, because of the way that uh, we were able, we were left with more money than we expected, we were able to fit out the offices to enable us to do further ministry. And I'm sure if you've been there since we've done it, there's money very well spent. That's our next slide there. That's $34,000 we invested in that. And we have signed a new lease, so we're, we're going to be there for a while. And so we're, if we're going to use it, let's make sure we use that space for it. So that's enabling us not to have to hire the open rules, open room as much, because we can have things at the offices much better for that. Then our SG Global Mission. And so some of that money has come through. So the yellow money, uh, the, so the yellow lines, that's represented by go forward income. So that's how we spent go forward. So it's split up in a whole lot of different ways, but it's building locally and helping internationally. So building locally is the Paramount Church Fund, and uh, that's one of those issues. And then there's the nursing ministries further down as well. But SG Global Mission has come out of go forward fund. And then there's SG Australia Region Giving and SG Global Church Giving. And so what those figures are is 10% of the offerings that we receive here, we give as a tithe back to Sovereign Grace. We keep 5% of that here in building the Australian region, and 5% of that goes back to the states for them to build in however they want to deal with that. And so that's where that becomes $60,128, which is 10% of our offerings. 
Then the next expense is um, conferences and retreats and transport. That includes all fuel and travel for pastors, except for ride. The ride travel is again up in the terms of up the top. Office rental includes cleaning. Uh, and then there's mercy ministries, which is CAP. And so that mercy ministries includes paying Christina's wage and all of the CAP costs that are associated with that. And that's been funded out of those forward funding. Then there's professional fees and insurances which includes um, training for Patrick at CC, with, through CCDF uh, for a biblical counselor. Then on the next slide is the rest of the expenses. And then there's ICM serving the poor. So again, that's come through from the Go Forward Fund. And so when you allocated your money into Go Forward to ICM, that's where we spent it, that's $14,000 there. Hospitality, that includes passive hospitality, Sunday mornings here. Uh, and it includes the coffee machine purchase that we spend money on that. So that's all included in that. So the hospitality and some of the warrants are looking over there. Office admin, we spent $11,000 on office admin, which includes office equipment and supplies, all phones and internet, printing, well, and printing, I should have said. Then there's evangelism. We spent almost $11,000 on evangelism. That includes $7,000 on mainly music. It includes the Kids Club in January, the Eggs on the Ogre on Easter, and the Gingerbread Night. They've all been funded out of the evangelism budget. Then our next biggest expense is Community Life Ministries, which includes all family life, community building and training, and equipping and team building and appreciation. That's all part of our community life. Then we spend money on websites, software and graphics. None of these things come through. Right, so this is how we've allocated all. Our next generation ministry is youth and kids, and that includes the new curriculum that all of our kids' rooms have been using this year. Then our visiting ministries, that's whenever we have anybody over from the States or people that come and preach here on a Sunday morning that because our pastor's unavailable or whatever it might be, we find that out of visiting ministries. Then we spent three and a half grand on PA, music, media, and creative, $2,000 for bookshop. The church retreat, uh, sorry, the book allowances, so we want to make sure our pastors are well resourced, so there's a book allowance there of $1,400. Um, then there's a $1,000 for church retreat. That's really the deposit, I think, for next year's church retreat. Church retreat sort of funds itself, but we've got an expense there this year. And then we've got a help fund. And so the help fund's there if there's people in or in our community or sort of just outside of our community who Falling on tough times, however that might look, there's a way, there's a line on there in our budget that we can actually bless them financially that will help. Again, for those of you who are mutual learners, here's a breakdown of our expenses. Lots more categories this time. And then the next slide tells us how to go forward for 2018. That was that $14,000 that came in. Building locally was future leaders and cap. And then helping internationally was uh, ICM and SG Global Mission. And then the next slide is the bulk of our go-forward income for the year, which is that $155,000. That's been spent. Church parking is $90,500. CAP was $22,300. And then again, we had Helping Internationally, ICM for $12,782, and SG Global Mission for $30,000. So that's how we spent that go-forward money of $155,000 uh, of money. And so, in big picture, we collected $853,563, we spent $834,496, we 
which has an account I love the fact that this is in the way, which means we get to carry into this year nineteen thousand dollars and dollars us continue this ministry here. It won't continue it for very long, but we'll just continue it. And what that doesn't include is any pledges we go through from between 19, which will fall in January and February as well. So that will fall part of the exercise. So basically, big picture, that's the money that God's blessed us with. That's how we have spent it. If you have any questions on the way it's happened, please talk to me, talk to Andrew, talk to any of the pastors. We can to talk to you about it. There's obviously a lot more detail than that. Um, but I wanted to make special mention of two people who technically aren't here tonight, but one of them is here. Rachel uh, Pettit, who has been so special as Pettit for a number of years now. She's obviously one of the Paramount Church plants, but she's still serving us in this regard here. She does a fantastic job. And Abby has been doing a fantastic job of helping her as a bookkeeping assistant. She actually is in the kids' room tonight, so we want to say thanks for the way Abby can. Um, she'll be finishing up uh, at the end of next month, or this month now, and so um, yeah, we really appreciate the way that she's helped us. And these fights will be able to put together that So thank you all. Please keep trusting the Lord. And um, yeah, thank you for trusting us with what the work he's doing here. Thanks, mate. So it was a great year. It was really good. It was really exciting to see how the Lord has provided for us. And now he's really sustaining us as a local church continues. One of the most exciting things for me, and just personally, is we never announced, we never have like a big announcement to start here. Hey, this is going to be a really tough year, please give more. We didn't really say that much at all. We just keep preaching on giving, and the Lord blessed us. You know, the Lord does it because of his faithfulness and goodness, but it's also because of your obedience as well. They work together and say, thank you. And for being obedient to the Lord and giving and playing your part. And I just got for a wonderful year, which was 2019. When it comes to 2020, and the year we're looking at ahead, we've got a number of exciting things to announce, but in headline, we're doing more of the same. You know, when you're a church plant and you're six months old, nine months old, twelve months old, what you find is just like a baby, it changes quite quickly, it looks different really quick. And so if you know something's out of faith, you see like a week later and you go, oh, why is it so different? And then you say again next week, oh, it's so different. Because things change quite a lot. But when your church is nine, ten years old, it changes, but it doesn't change as quick. Which I think is good news. It can be helpful. And I think the DNA of our church it is good. We want to keep planting churches. We want to keep taking the gospel forward. We want to tell everybody about Jesus. And then build them into a church where the gospel can be central and the gospel changes lives. You know, we're gospel-centered in what we do, so we want to keep doing more of the same in the year ahead. And so I'm going to be sharing some stuff tonight. Brendan's going to be sharing some stuff tonight. I'm going to kick off with Patrick sharing some stuff tonight. Patrick obviously oversees all things community life for us. It's so when you're coming up and talk to people. Thank you, One of the thrills that I have is that I get to care for you. It is such a joy as I think about your faces and I think about your lives and I think about who you are. It is such a thrill and a joy to get to walk with you and to get to see you growing in the grace and knowledge of the Savior Jesus Christ. And David and Brenda do such a great job of feeding us every week spiritually. Uh, we get to hear these incredible messages and then through the week, we get to go to our different gospel communities and we get to just sort of seek to how do we actually apply this to our lives. We get to think about that, so what? God's word says that, so what? 
we go into our days and we get to just sit and bask in it and think about it a little bit more and walk with one another and pray for one another. And so I am so excited to let you guys all know, most of you probably already know this, but this year we have 10 gospel community groups, which I'm very thankful about. We've been able to increase by a gospel community, so we've gone from 9 to 10. And one of the aims that I had this year as well was I wanted each gospel community leader to have assistance. And so I can tell you that this time, in 2020, heading into 2020, not only do we have a gospel community leader, but we also have assistance in each of these um, 10 groups. And they're going to serve you well. And the privilege that I had, and we as a pastoral team had, is that we get to hear these, we get to meet with these guys, we get to get their heart for you, and they're praying for you, and caring you on their hearts, and thinking about how to serve you, and so um, your gospel community leaders, um, they're a gift. They are such a gift, and we as a pastoral team 100% love these people, and we're so excited that they get to serve you and care for you the way that they do. And so we've got, uh, we've got some new people that are stepping into assistance that I want to um, just point them out. Uh, so we've got the Mekohenis who are stepping up as assistant leaders. We've got the Chews. Um, uh, Wayne and Patricia Chu are stepping in. Um, and David and Chris Lynn are back on um, board. And they are being assistant leaders in their various gospel communities. And then we've got Yumi and Iwan who have started a new group in the room and they're meeting on Thursday nights. So we just want to thank God for you guys. We're praying for you as you step into these roles and serve in 2020. So uh, please be praying for your gospel community leaders. Please be asking them how they're doing um, and praying for them. But um, yeah, they are a real gift of grace. You know, part of our heart as a pastoral team, uh, our heart is for you that when you go to your gospel community nights on Wednesday night or Thursday night, the outcome is, is that you're enjoying biblical fellowship. I mean, that means you guys are enjoying the truths of the gospel. That means that through the week you are coming to your gospel community groups already thinking about how good the gospel has been to you. And then when you get together in your gospel community groups, you're seeking how to encourage one another in the gospel, always with that hope for change. Because the gospel does bring change. There's grace and change. And the Lord is so kind and patient. Uh, to us when we are walking through trials of various kinds. And so we want you coming to group, walking away with, my God is much bigger than my problems. Because he is. He is. And our greatest need has been met through his son, Jesus Christ. And that is amazing news. So uh, that's a little bit about gospel community groups. The other thing that I want to uh, tell you is, you know, we've been thinking through uh, our um, men's and women's breakfast. You know, last year, 2019, we didn't want to overwhelm you with a lot of mornings out, um, and we went to two breakfasts um, on Saturdays for the STN and the Titus Two Groups. We just thought, you know what, uh, I think it left us wanting for a little bit more. So in 2020, we're going to go to three breakfasts. Um, and so we've got our first men's SG uh, men's breakfast coming up on the 22nd of February. And then we've also got our 
First Titus 2 breakfast coming up on the 14th of March. Now we'll keep you posted on these things, but we will be um, sort of letting you know in advance uh, in plenty of time so you can get those dates. But we're going to do we're gonna go from two breakfasts to three breakfasts in 2020, which we're hoping to serve you. Now the heart behind these um, events for men and women is we want to pull all the men together and we want to address them about men's things. And then when the ladies are getting together, um, we want them to be able to be ministered to just about the things that they're going through as women and being able to talk about those things. Again, immersed in the Bible. What is the Bible telling us? How is the Bible informing us to live as men and women? Because this is all part of God's design. So we want to learn and grow from what he says. So breakfast will go from two to three. One of the big changes for 2020 is in regards to gospel, uh, our growth groups, a big part. Growth groups are going to be looking just a little bit different uh, in 2020, and that's in regards to terms two and terms three. So term one, growth groups as per normal. Uh, growth groups are a time, if you're new and busy, uh, growth groups are a time where the men gather and the women gather alone by themselves. And it's not once a month that we get those times together. Those times are really meant to be discipleship times. Those times are times where we are, as men, uh, talking about the things that are going on, and, uh, praying for one another, holding each other accountable, and likewise for women. But what we thought as, as a pastoral team, just wanting to seek to care for you well, as we thought, you know what? Sometimes those growth group conversations, uh, you know, we're revisiting things and uh, yeah, seeking to spur one another on. But some of us are walking through different challenges. But what we thought is, what if in terms two and three, we as a church provided four ways for us to grow in intimacy with our Savior? Thinking about four different topics that would just help us love the Lord more. And in particular, by way of Bible reading, by prayer, uh, perhaps it's growing and living, uh, growing in our understanding of uh, living a gospel-centered life, a cross-centered life, or perhaps it's walking through suffering. So we're going to provide four different topics in terms two and three. And so instead of actually going to um, the normal growth groups as per normal in terms two and three, we are going to have some sign-ups. And there's going to be four different topics that we're going to be going through as a church, and we'll give you plenty of notice, and you'll be able to sign up. And so, all of your gospel community leaders have already been informed of our vision and our heart behind this. So, if you have any questions, you can go back to your gospel community leaders and ask them about what it's going to look like and sign ups, etc. But we will keep you posted, but really hear the heart behind it. We're just thinking about how are we going to grow in our intimacy with Jesus Christ. And, do, and one of the, some of the ways that we can do that is really digging into the Word, growing in our prayer life, understanding what it means to live the Gospels in our life. Or some of us are walking through trials and challenges, and how do we do that with hope? So that is what will be happening in um, 2020 in terms two and three with regards to um, some our, our growth groups. Finally, my last thing to tell you is, is that we've got two events that are coming up. Uh, one of them is, is we've got our church retreat 
planned, it's booked, we've got the deposit uh, paid, and we've got great news. It's going to be from the 7th through the 9th of August, and Jared Mellinger is going to be our speaker, who is Mark Pradar's lead pastor. Uh, so we're doing something with the Philadelphia Church. Like, <laughs> we're getting the most that we can out of them. Um, Dave is great friends with Jared, and so is Brendan. The guy can speak so well. Like, more than just his gift of speaking. Speaking. A man understands the gospel of Jesus Christ and it just oozes out of him. And I think he'll be well served um, by him when he comes to speak to us at our church retreat in August. And finally, the last thing that I wanted to uh, kind of flag with you is in, um, we're, we're, we're thinking we've got a date for you, but uh, at the end of October, at the beginning of November, part of our hearts are we want to run a marriage uh, retreat kind of in, in 2020. That will either be in the end of October, beginning of November, uh, and we will get the dates out to you when that is um, finalized. But um, we're thinking about Friday night, Saturday thing, and we would just want to seek to serve you guys in marriage. The marriage is a, is a divine calling, just as singleness is a divine calling, and they've got um, the singleness. Um, conference is coming up again in 2020. Uh, we'll give you notices on that. But we want to seek to serve every single individual in our church family. No matter where you're at, no matter you're single or married, but we in particular, as Pastor Timothy, we would like to serve the Marys um, uh, at a marriage conference here. So we'll keep you posted on those dates, okay? Guys, as one of the pastors, we love you. We're so thankful to God for each one of you. And uh, thank you for all you do to bless this church family. It's a real joy to serve you. So please put those dates in your diary, 7th and the 9th of August. It's going to be a date not to be missed. It's going to be a wonderful time of being together. Obviously it's not just going to be outside of the Paramount Church will be back in town for that as well. So it'll be our first time it's the Sovereign Grace Church. It's Australia Conference, not Sovereign Grace Church. We're all going to be both coming together. We're really excited about that. They are two. And our experience that, we experienced this in the UK when we plant churches and we come up together for the retreat. It's a really neat time. Because it's just one of those times when you get to be aware, you get to see people, you get to know people, you never would have met if church plans hadn't happened. And there's just that sense of the smile of the Lord, that this is all part of it, it's part of our family for us here in Australia. And look, one other thing that we're just going to be trying to build in terms of community is we're going to start our very own prophecy team this year. I think it is, if it's good enough for Philadelphia, it's good enough for us. And so there's actually 15 people in our church that are actually being mentored right now by the Philadelphia Prophecy Team. So that's all been going on behind the scenes. There's monthly calls and going in with small groups and lots of people and are being mentored by them. And I'm going to be starting to pull that group together four times a year. We already have WhatsApp stuff going on, there's conversations going But four times a year, I'm going to be trying to gather that group together. So please be praying for that. You know, we, we are so committed to ensure that the gifts of the Spirit, the gifts of the Spirit like prophecy, weren't just like, hey, do you remember when? That was really neat seven years ago when we experienced it. We want to make sure it's really been cultivated and still going in our church. And so that's something we're going to look to do this year as well. They already have their first gig that they don't know about yet, but God willing, and we're going to be having young adults in life at the end of the year when our prophecy team are going to be coming in and praying for our young adults. You're a young adult, you're not a gig, you've got cats coming down. <laughs> But we trust that we will be a really good time to really start exercising that gear for single. Come about. 
The summary of what we stand for as a church isn't just applying the gospel, knowing the gospel, it is proclaiming the gospel and taking it out. And Brendan does a great job of leading the charter on that for us. So let's welcome Brendan as you come out. This past year, God's been so good to us as a church. Uh, amazingly, I think God has surprised us with the way in which He's been working in through this church. This past year, we saw more people come to Christ than we've ever seen before in our church. Uh, you know, at the baptism, Tackle doesn't celebrate a new life in Christ. You can end it up. Amazing. One of the, like, ah, oh, just stuff that we pray for every single day. Uh, at the end of the year, Ali, Jeanette, and uh, Uncle Stephen coming to Christ. Uh, I mean, the list goes on. Celia um, and seeing her get baptized this year. It's such a precious moment. Uh, even another lady that you know isn't at our church, but uh, through mainly music, Mia coming to Christ and now going to a Korean church as well. And, and I know so many other ways in which God has been working in and through people in this church, and it's amazing. Uh, something else that was just so exciting uh, this past year was at Easter, and when we did eggs on the oval, and and we didn't know how many people were going to turn up, and then I think we counted a thousand children, just children, it was just like kids, like, just like, <laughs> as far as you could see, and Adam Ken, like, the most crazy, sweaty Easter bunny you've ever seen in your life before, and and people getting connected to our church, hearing about our church in our local community, and blessing you know, mainly migrants in our neighbourhood who would otherwise have nothing to do at Easter and what an awesome opportunity. Well, this year in 2020, uh, like David said, is the same with mission, not really changing anything largely, um, but we're super excited uh, what is going to be happening and what God intends to do in and through this church in the coming year. Uh, things like eggs on the oval, which is coming back again. I'm meeting with the manager of the PCYC again this week, and we're planning out uh, how we're going to cater for. I mean, I don't know how many kids are going to turn up this thing this year. I mean, maybe 2,000? 350 the first year to 1,000. That's a triple jump, right? So we've got 3,000 kids <laughs> and an absolute logistical nightmare. Um, but it's going to be exciting, it's going to be great. Um, the 10th of August, what am I saying? 10th of April. So if you've got your diaries there, mark that in uh, Good Friday this year, save the day. We'd love to see the whole church there just serving their socks off for their community. Speaking of which, how do you know you're part of the church? Well, what an awesome opportunity to get some church merch. Hey, we talked about it as a team, and we're so committed to you guys getting one of these that we decided we'll slash the price and we'll subsidize it. Five bucks. Five bucks. Mate, he's selling on eBay. Fifteen dollars. I reckon a lot of people would be, you know, places include fifteen bucks. I reckon a lot of people would buy it. Uh, you could absolutely spend profit. Get as many as you can. Put your forms in. No excuses now. Even if you've got like ten children, like Patrick or like Lamb, it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. They go two each. That price is awesome. Um, but what a beautiful way to just connect with the community. What are your friends? You know, out of the pub, they see the church and they're what's that all about? Conversation starters, guys. I'm just, I'm just Missional communities are so exciting. They're all about just connecting people with Jesus. And we've got a whole bunch of them in our church. If you're new to the church, uh, we've got groups like Blade, Fitness, Mainly Music, uh, our White Tyler Joggles group. We're expanding this year because we've got... Are you calling yourselves Fox Joggles? Is that the... 
Fox Studies, what is Fox Studies, Fox Studies, Fox Valley Talkers, Foxy Ronans, okay. I don't know, but I love the idea. You know, Johnny is such an easy thing to do to make people. Like, let me give you an example of just the opportunities that God like puts across us. Like, that group is really flawed this year. I think a lot more as a community in Waitara. And um, we've been doing it for some years now. And just today, Fernando was chatting to me and saying, one of the guys in our group, Steve, he's got no power at the moment. His basement's flooded with all the rain. Texting Fernando asking, is he only the freezer space because he's worried that his food's going to you know, melt and all that sort of stuff and, and wondering if you could help him out. Like, that's an example of just the connection, like, friends that God puts in your path, you know, through things like this. If you don't know anyone, you're thinking, you know, where is the mission built that God's got from you? These are just a great opportunity to connect with people in the community. And I want to encourage you, uh, it's exciting. We've got more communities happening this year, and you can do it yourself as well. There's nothing stopping anyone from going, hey, I've got an idea about something I can do to connect with people in the community um, so that we can share Christ with people. Uh, something I'm really excited about this year is uh, Exodus. We've got four messages left. That's not what I'm excited about. <laughs> we're launching a new series at the end of Exodus um, called The Soul Winner. And we're going to do five messages just on the mission. Um, we're, we're hoping to be preaching on topics like the fear of man in mission, like putting the fear of man to death, getting out there, like we're all afraid to share the gospel. Things like the fact that our identity is as a missionary, like that God calls all of us to be out on mission. Things like how you be all things to all men, things like living in the power of the Holy Spirit and the work that God does through us as we share the gospel. That's going to be something really exciting um, that's coming up on our church calendar as well after this stuff. Uh, we're going to continue having our quarterly uh, gospel community sessions on mission that I'm preparing uh, for your group leaders. So you should have one coming up soon. That the heart of those is just a moment every turn to help equip you guys to be our mission. We really believe that the engine room for mission is in small groups as we together go out and share the gospel with other people. But something we also really have a big part for this year is just the growing dependence uh, on God and just praying and even like we talk about this fasting to really cry out to God for the sake of people that we're friends with that don't know Christ. Uh, and so we're really hoping on some of those first Friday fasts and things that we do that we can just have names of people and that we can just plead for a miracle um, and ask God to really move in their life and that God would just surprise us with just power and that we'd see more. Auntie Janet and Uncle Stevens, because God can do that even in the last season of life. Someone that's been resistant to the gospel their whole life, in a moment, He can just bring to life and we can see people coming to worship the Lord the very first time. Wouldn't it be that we see even more people come to Christ this year? My last thing I just wanted to flag before I move on to another announcement of something happening this year is that last year we also saw a number of people uh, do Christianity Explored in a box. That is, they decided to do Christianity Explored and to do it with a friend or a colleague. Uh, Christianity Explored is a wonderful course that takes you through Mark's Gospel, and it's so easy to run. The videos are there, all the material is there. If you're a Christian, if you've been coming on the church, even for a little bit, you'd easily be able to run this course with a friend. And we really want to partner with you to do that. It's increasingly hard for people to start for a whole course. One thing that people are open to is just sitting with you over lunch or over dinner at your own home and just going through the course and hearing about Christ uh, just in a one-on-one fashion. 
And so let me challenge you. Have you got a friend who asked you Christian Explored uh, with this year? Uh, we would love to just put the materials in your hands to really help you with that. And then to have a group of people praying and even fasting that God would really meet um, that friend even through that time. So there's some things happening in mission uh, on that front. One other really exciting thing we have uh, in terms of mission uh, has come through um, some discussions that Christina and David and myself and the team have been having uh, just about how we can really be caring for all. You know, one of our things that's a part of our church is that we want to be a church that if we closed up shop and, and didn't continue to operate in this community anymore, that the community would notice. Uh, we want to be involved in, in caring for people that are in need that community and really showing the love of Christ to do that. Uh, Pack Debt Center has been a wonderful thing in many ways, but we've come to realize that really it needs to be just an arrow in the quiver of things that um, we're going to do as a local church. And so we're going to introduce to you tonight a new initiative, and that's called Sovereign Grace Church or Sovereign Grace Care. Um, Sovereign Grace Care is really about having heart for the community. It's about serving the community uh, by offering spiritual and practical support. Now, Christina Williams, who is just a wonderful, gifted, and faithful uh, member of our church, uh, she's a trained social worker, and so she's going to be uh, really the SG Care coordinator, and is going to be running a lot of the things that are happening uh, in Sovereign Grace Church Care. And we really have a heart, uh, in many ways, that our GCs provide care for people. Obviously, we want those gospel communities to be caring for those in need. But occasionally, we might kind of come across a situation or a person in need that's beyond the capacity of uh, a gospel community to meet the needs alone. And that's where SG Care really fits into the picture. To come alongside and support that gospel community to provide additional resource in, in, in helping that person in need. So here's a list of some of the ideas and ways in which uh, SG Care uh, really uh, would be able to provide support to people in the community. And as I go through this list, you might be thinking of neighbors or friends or people that might fit these categories. Um, one example is sourcing support that immediately needs through crisis, like food or clothes or practical help, uh, such as domestic support during crisis. Um, this support will usually be sourced from within the church community, but Sovereign Grace uh, Care is hoping to establish uh, a food bank and to coordinate meal rosters to support a person going through a crisis. Another example of sort of uh, care that Sovereign Grace Care is hoping to provide are things like case management um, type of support. So for people who are not able to independently access uh, or navigate the welfare system, for instance, uh, this includes support with completing forms and applications for benefits like Centrelink or NDIS or disability pensions or housing applications and things like that, and referral to appropriate services. Uh, another example might be mental health support, uh, which includes advice on mental health support pathways and referral to appropriate services. Um, things like counselling, things like skill training and capacity building, including budgeting, uh, work readiness skills, communication skills, and day-to-day -day living skills. Another thing that uh, Christine is really hoping to offer is also for those that are within our community that might be struggling with disability and needing help with things like accessing uh, different events and locations, um, when we're doing church retreats, and risk management, and all that sort of thing. But Christine really be a contact person for anybody that's really in need. So how do you get in 
contact with SG here, well, anyone's welcome to contact the office or to contact Christina directly. And um, she's more than happy to start a conversation with anyone who might be coming across someone in the community who's really in need. So we're really hoping that this could be something that could really both impact our community here, our immediate community within the church, but also the community of those that are in need uh, outside of us as well, to coordinate and connect in the services that they might experience the care and love of Christ. I hope you're doing this isn't just also to provide resources, but we actually want to love people and share in an appropriate way Christ with them as well, because we really believe that true care is also evangelism, in that as Christians, we're not just sharing practical things, but we're also sharing the love of Christ and ultimately the message of Christ as well with those in need. So there are a few things that come up in mission. Um, hand it back to you, brother. Excellent. So please be praying for Brendan as he keeps leading us in, in all things mission. There's, there's a ton more going on than things to talk about. We're just aware that we pray for each of the panel. And all that we're doing and all that the Lord is calling us to. Let's pray for Christina as well. We're going to hear more about this stuff in the next few months. And even the logo isn't necessarily absolutely sense. I don't know if we can try to get something for you for tonight. Um, but you know, we want to get a website going. We want to get stuff on your fridges and freezers, guys, so that people understand hey, this is a real facility for our church. It's something we want to do. You know, a real heart for our church is that if we were to close the doors, Warunga and the surrounding area would be really disappointed. That's our aim. The only way you can do that is to really be making a difference with the hands and feet of Jesus. I don't think we're quite doing that yet. You know, I think it is quite hard. We're in a very affluent area. But at the same time, there are going to be needs here. So we want to locate them, we want to find them, and we want to find them to plan and make a difference. Is it going to cost money? Probably. Is it going to cost you more time? More than money. Is that what we're actually called to? Yeah. We need to be the hands of people of Jesus and have eyes on the poor and the needy and around us. You know, a big part of my job is to lead, is to lead the team and to lead the church by leading the team. And so a big part of my role is to try and help disciple people and then give my jobs away. It's kind of what I do. I bet every year I keep getting more jobs and I can't train somebody to try and give them away. And again, so that's what I've been doing. Really, for the last year, kind of again. And there are going to be some passes on, which is, which is good. Whatever I've been leading SGU for the last couple of years. And we went through a real time as SGU, partly because Riley was running in and then went to America and then came back and went to Paramount. It's something considerable. And partly, it created a bit of like tension in terms of how does this really make sure the stability in our youth group? Part of the reason why I took it on, I was still here if there's one person walking to leave, it was me, so I'll do it for a season. And so we did it, and, but this year, Paul Reese is going to be taken Paul Reese, he didn't actually look like that. So he we are one of the quietest churches in sovereign grace. Okay? So it's okay if a preacher gets excited and you go, yes! Like, I would like that. Okay? You don't need to say, you are more polite than British people. That is a criticism. Okay? It's okay to get excited and enjoy the different cultures and things that you have attended should be loud. Without any group, be loud. Okay, I'm all for that. When you hear something that excites you, you go, Amen! Well, yes, in fact, I love that. Just a complete excitement. Anyway, Paul Reese. I'm not going to say his name again, but I'm not going to say his name again. 
that standard job. I'm still getting leaning in this too, as well as a transition, but the hope is after Easter that Paul will start leading the team. He is a provision from the Lord for us. And our youth ministry is, is gone great. In God's kindness, our fine group of young people that are increasingly find themselves in the church, increasingly loving the Lord and wanting to follow the Lord. So praise God for that. And Paul is an answer to prayer for me personally, and I think an answer to prayer for our church. Also, Summer Grace Music, Glenn Jones is going to be taking on. This year is really when Les taking on as his rather than something he's just helping us with. Again, that's a wonderful provision from the Lord then, to us. And I think Glenn's musicianship and also love for the Lord and understanding of the Lord uh, is wonderful. I think one of the things that I've been so impressed and we all have as a team with Glenn and Donnie is the way they walk through Donnie's sickness. And it has been complaints, it has been unbelievableness. And there has just been a consistent affection for the Lord and desire to serve the Lord and find joy in the Lord, which I think when I grow up, I want to be like that. And that's the type of thing I want us to be led in when it comes to singing. So Glenn's going to be taking on and retired to looking after the music team. Also, we want to keep training pastors. We want to keep training people for, for pastoral ministries as best we can. And so God willing, Simon Walker is going to be the pastor. several years, asking him what he believes the Lord might be doing in his life, and, and really helping him to find out what the Lord may be calling him to, and it's just been a distinct increase over that time to see Simon's and acceptance really in the right way, and finding that flame and realising God seems to be in this. Now some have wondered, will Simon be uh, leading worship in that church? I want to assure you, no. <laughs> The reason for that is just recently I went on a leaders retreat and we were for fun auditioned all the guys. It was a night to remember, I can tell you. We did record Simon's that night, which is so sad. And afterwards he actually sent us another clip. And so I want you to experience that. Pastoral ministry. And just see what God does in you. You've got to find that into play. 
And so Simon was actually going for the full year while they was going for the full year. And God's kind of fighting and so Simon can take long service this year. So he's going to be going in December when Barker finishes up. And then he doesn't have to go back to Barker until after July. So the race might give all that time. Obviously that's going to help finance them actually leaving their house here and running there. But we're going to be partnering with them to make it a reality for them to go. That is a wonderful investment of our money. And I think probably, although we don't know exactly what Simon's going to do when he comes back, here's what I do know. God is on the move in our church. We want to keep planting more churches. That doesn't just take people to plant. It takes people to go with people again and again. So we need to be on the lookout for people and training for people. By the time the opportunity arrives, and you are already two to three years behind the curve. You've got to get ahead of the curve. As a sign, we're grateful for you and excited to see you going. And Michelle, you are even more to be respected and commended. Going. If you have any prophetic words right away as well, just email them here and we'll put them on the screen. <laughs> we'll do that. So that's the plan for Simon this year. The last thing I wanted to mention just in terms of uh, this year, <clears throat> I think for all of us, and all the core teams, to different degrees, but for all of us, we just have a growing sense of the growing burden of Asia. For our part of the world that the Lord has stood us in right here. You will remember that at the retreat last year we had a prophetic word over us as a church. Just want to remind you of what it was so you can come back.
that was a really encouraging prophecy for our church. I know it resonated with me. A number of people talked to me after that word, saying, What do you think of that? I think it's something really we just sat on for a matter of months, but I think probably it is an awareness that people are just going to as a part of our story. We are an unusual um, internationally rich congregation. It's on the charts. I've never been in a church that has over 30 nationalities in it, so many different languages. It's quite incredible. And one of my main jobs is, as the lead pastor is to work out, well, what do you want to do with that? I don't think it's just an accident. So what do you want to do with that? Our main passion as a team, while we make this frustrating, we want to plant churches in Australia, we want to develop churches in Australia, we want to do that and with all of our might. But the truth is, even if we do that with all of our might, it does not take 24 hours a day, 7 days a week. It just doesn't. There is a time. And I think we're only there. We're starting to look for opportunities of how can we influence Asia? How can we help people? Part of my role in Sovereign Grace globally, I'm aware of major needs. And one of the needs actually is training. It is some type of pastor's college. It is some type of a training mechanism where we can get people to come here, where we can give them time and energy and really house them and love them and teach them what it looks like to build the gospel in the church. In a lot of countries, you can get theological training, but what you can't get is discipled in how to make you do it. You understand the big idea, but you still don't necessarily know how to really build a church practically. And when it comes to marriage, often you haven't got a clue. When it comes to parenting, no one's talking about that. And there's just some big issues that people aren't being trained in. That's one of the things you can be praying for us in as a team. We're really starting to think through how can we have some type of, probably not a year on pastor's college, but some type of pastor's college intensive. Maybe eight weeks, maybe ten weeks, maybe twelve weeks. Where people can come into us in Australia, be part of groups. And I can get my hands on them and train them if people could influence them and they could see the church. I remember when Emma and I, 20 years ago, went to the United States, we moved in with a family, we started going to college, we saw the way it worked in the church. Within a month, our lives were being transformed. Because we were like, our marriage ain't like that. What is that all about? And then we see they were with the parents, and you're like, hey, that's really different to anything I've ever seen. And then you go to church, and you see what you're being taught Monday to Friday, and you model in church, and it was so helpful. And really gave us a vision to build actually Southern Grace Church of Sydney. What we learned there, that really helped to build that. So pray for us in that. We're not exactly sure how it's all going to work out, and it's all going to be possible, but it is something we're seriously pursuing and considering how the Lord might want Southern Grace Church of Sydney it really influence Asia, influence the nations. And I say the nations because although we're thinking of primarily Australia and then Asia, I can think of brothers in Africa that probably want to come. Oh, come. Where was I? Oh, recently, I was in Korea, in South Korea. And the guy was talking, we, had, we did a session for a day, the camera was going to be in, the two of his eyes, I want to come to Australia, I want to see what you're talking about. Can, can, where can I come? He's got a family with four kids, he's desiring to teach to do that. What does this so please be praying for that. If we had implications on our church in this regard, we would need people to house these people. They can't just go get a rental for eight weeks. And part of the college, part of what it was everyone was going to live with families. And we would, if we were ever to do this, we would need men and women, people like you, to put that in. So we would house them. We would house that couple. We would house that family. And you would really be part of the college experience for them, helping them see 
and what gospel centered ministry and family works like. So I trust that excites you. I trust that it wants to cultivate some desire in your heart. We want to have lives that are poor and new. We don't just want to think about our own country. We want to be aware of those beyond us. And even some of you now think, I don't know, get rid of my house. I don't know. But be aware the next time you find a rental, maybe find somewhere close and maybe find somewhere with a spare room with the intention. That maybe we're going to house somebody for the glory of the Lord. That would be a really, really effective use. I think of that. Um, you might have the privilege as an individual, as a family, of influencing a pastor that goes back to the poor, who serves a thousand people in the next ten years, and he'll be talking about things he's learned from you. What a privilege to be involved in somebody's life. Like that. So please be praying to that end and we'll see what the Lord does with it. Ryan is also sharing the same thing with his church. This would be something we would be doing with them. And they will also be involved, so we'll see what the Lord opens up. Alright, so finally, you're going to get a little mark to this when you have that. How can we best position ourselves for the year ahead? What can we be doing now then uh, to really get our hearts ready for 2020? And there's five things. First of all, I want to encourage you to keep being motivated in mission. Everything Brendan's talking about. You know, it's so easy to get caught up in the church and get passionate about church, and I want us to get caught up in the church, and I want us to be passionate about church. But we must have eyes for people who don't know Jesus all the time. We exist to go and make disciples of all nations. That's what we commanded to do. Jesus came and said to them, All authority in heaven and earth has been given to me. Go therefore and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Teaching them to observe all that can be you, and to hold on with you always in the end. It is a huge call in their lives, isn't it? So we always want to have eyes for that. I want to encourage you to think through how you personally can make a difference in that. Don't just leave it to everybody else. Who are you going to be seeking to reach with Jesus this year? Who are you going to be seeking to model Christ for this year? Who are you going to be seeking to share the gospel with? Not only just this year, but this month. How's it going to be in your life? How's it going to function? Number two, if you're preparing your hearts for change. Some people love change. This is what I've discovered. They're very strange. But some people, they really love change. The change, the one who's nervous is just a real exaggeration. And other people find change really hard. But one of the things we've got to realize as a church, and I haven't got any announcements, which is a great time to be talking about how we got to prepare for change. And I don't see any big change coming up on the horizon, so I don't believe. But, therefore, it's probably a good time to prepare our hearts to change. In this regard, this church is not actually ours. It's not mine. It's not pastoral teams. It's not even primarily yours. It's the Lord's. And it's the Lord's do with it as He sees fit. And so we've always got to prepare our hearts for change in that regard. You know, we often talk about the gospel communities. The gospel communities are the engine room of our church. And I want you to give yourself to the gospel community as a family, as if these are the people you'll get along with until you go be with Jesus. You've got to act that way. But be aware, you ain't going to be. If the church keeps rolling, you have to make change. You have to keep developing things and moving things forward. It's a part of a growing church. It's part of a maturing church. If you have children, you will notice they don't stop changing because they're growing up. That's the thing. So we need to always prepare our hearts for change. And the primary way we do that, I believe, is looking to Jesus, the founder and effect of that. And the one who ultimately owns the church and is going to use it for his glory. Number three, keep serving the church with passion. 
you know that you serve incredibly well. Like off the charts well. And this is a wonderful surf party church and I love that. And about you. I spend time with different pastors in the area and it's really hard not to brag about you because they're like, you know, hey come on, like, oh, I just can't find that anybody serves you. It's really hard to listen to how I feel and I'm like Come on Sunday and you're really excited to see your friend. That's wonderful. It's part of what it means to develop family. But stop having lives for people that are walking through the doors because you're so busy just chatting to your friends. Now I'm not saying that's a critique or a criticism. I'm just saying as a pastor, I know that's the way it works. So I really want to encourage you to keep serving the church with passion. Be aware that I honestly think right now for the church, what that means is coming early and staying late and trying to talk to them. They've all got a story. They've all got something to tell. There's a reason why they're all right. And it's our job to find you to be bothered about people. I wonder what would Jesus do if he was just a member of the church? I think one of the things he's going to do is be looking out for the people that maybe aren't talking to people. And he's going to go talk to them. He's going to go sit with them and give them time. I think it is something we do real well as a church, don't get me wrong, but I just want to fan it to flame all of them and make sure we have real eyes for guests and this is going to be so important, I think, if we keep going, that people feel, they feel there's room for them and they feel accepted in and they feel really a part of the community as fast as they can. It's part of the reason why we have gone in the past and I think it's going to be part of our future. There's no temptation as we grow is to just kind of stick with that Number four, keep being generous in giving. As Ollie said, oh, I thank God for the way you gave in 2019. I mean, um, I remember I was a conversation with him, the chapter about prayer once, and he said, at the start of the year, he was praying for us about finances. Maybe that's the technique, get my prayer, pray for me. At the start of the year, he was praying for us about finances because he knew, hey, this is probably going to be a really hard gift. And we get to about March, and I'm like, oh, you can, you can pray for somebody else. Oh, good, man. And it was just amazing to see the way the Lord had blessed us financially. And yet, I'm so worried about we're not done yet. It can be so easy to get off the back of a great year and then squeeze all these things off because we're going to do some things this year. No, keep your faith. When you see the Savior face to face, you will not be disappointed that you get. You are not going to stand there and go, I wish I didn't want this. But there's probably more of a chance that we might stand there thinking, what was the Keep investing in the way you did last year. Let's keep going in. This year, that's why we're going to be rewriting our GoForward fund again this year. We do it every year, and it's something that I want us to keep doing. It was really a burden that I felt put on my heart about six or seven years ago when we started the GoForward fund. And the burden came from a real call of God that I think He's put on our lives to be an Antioch church, to be a church that is sending other churches out, a church that is mindful of people beyond ourselves. And I also think the Lord has put us in one of the most wealthiest suburbs and the wealthiest cities in the world. There is a responsibility attached to that that I, I, I really feel for me and I feel for us as a church. We need to steward what the Lord has put in our care wisely and play our part in the greater body around the world. 
our same gospel of hope beyond us and prepare to do all things. Yeah, so give me ready to go forth from again this year. It's going to be given into the following four things. First of all, future leaders. So we all are going to keep raising leaders. The vast majority of that is ultimately going to, to some. Some going to cost us a fortune. Okay, it's just the way it is. It'll be totally worth it and we will do it with absolute joy. But sending something to the States as a family is obviously not going to be cheap. It will be worth it every time. But it's obviously not going to be cheap. It's a huge investment. It's a huge investment for them too. You know, they're not going to be going there and making money. They're going to be getting involved and then come back and carry on with bathroom and receive pastoral ministry. But even as I understand, we want to keep raising it. Who else? Who else do we need to be sending to a conference? Who else do we need to be investing in in some specific way? So future leaders will be part of it. And that really is what it looks like for us to build global, to build globally, along with Sovereign Grace Care, what Christina is running. Just to just describe how we want to raise that and make that clear that it is. Even starting a website isn't going to be free, but I think we're going to need to give that a platform. Because if you're going to reach out to your neighbor, for example, who's just in the process of an awful divorce, who needs counseling, it's very easy to say to them, listen, why don't you jump on the Sovereign Care website? And fill in the form there, because somebody from our church will be with you. They're training in this and they'll be able to help you. Much more likely to do that. Hey, I have a friend of a friend who might be good at this. Now, that's going to be hard to do that. And so we definitely want to set this up as a proper organization. And so that's going to take some finances. Also, then beyond the ICM, we want to serve the Forster and the Philippines, like we've been doing. Um, whenever I personally think about what I shared about this morning with fasting, when you think about going without food, one of, the, one of the striking things when you go to the Philippines is that's real life in people. And they are going out food. I mean, you go from your hotel and then you drive past places, and, and you know, like, they have like sewers, and they have like the big circular things that go on the ground. You know, they big tubes of sewers. They're obviously outside the ground before they go in. Like, and you walk past, you go past the gap, seeing them run up, and all you see is, is the bottom of kids' feet out of the room. And you're ready to say, oh, Oh, and it's usually on the back of a rubbish dump. Yeah. Oh, Lord. Well, help us to have your hands and feet for fun. Oh, help us to help people out there. And to care for them. Show them Christ and this is what they're going through. So that's what ICM does. And then Sovereign Grace Global Missions. We want to keep planning churches. Sovereign Grace globally right now is in 32 different countries. And it's amazing to see what the Lord is doing. There's a ton of stuff going on in Latin America for a start. Immediately, the Sovereign Grace. It's going to be a while before the Spanish speaking side of Sovereign Grace will be bigger than the English speaking side of Sovereign Grace. And that's neat. But we want to keep giving. Why? Well, this global issue is all about planting churches in these countries. So this year, we'll a church in Ethiopia, we'll a church in the South Coast of Bolivia, we've also just had our own in Australia. Oh, Brazil is what happened in Brazil. And then there's lots of other ones, little ones as well. They have major reasons for us. So that will be the fourth part of Southern Grace Global Missions. We'll be taking that offering amongst the You can hear that weekend. Most people just did it over the year. One of the reasons why we've usually raised so much money on that is because nearly everybody in the church has given towards it. I'm not saying you have to, genuinely, but I'm just giving you an insight. That isn't what one person given a ton. It's just everybody giving. And it all adds up. And then we're able to do great things for the Lord. That's what it's all about. We don't benefit from that personally as a church at all. That's what I love about it. It's beyond us. It's giving to things that are in the future tense or outside. It's a praise God for that. And that's where I think the Lord has to be leading us. 
And then before I want to encourage you to keep running this race with dependence. Now I spoke about it this morning. If we're going to run this race well, we're not going to do it independently. We're not going to do it looking down. We're not going to do it looking within ourselves. We're not going to do it. We need to look to the Lord. So this coming Wednesday night, we're going to have a prayer and praise. And the offices downstairs, and the new offices, praise the Lord. And please want to come to that. You know, I think historically, prayer and praise can be like, oh, sweet week off. Uh, I actually think it's probably one of the most important weeks out the that we gather as a church and pray out to God for grace. Lord, would you fade into flame these things? Would you establish the work of our hands? Lord, we are totally dependent upon you. Otherwise, none of these things will be happening. So please make prayer and praise a bit of a priority as we gather. But also, even outside of that, we be a church that is generally on our knees in prayer, in prayer, in fasting, crying out to the God for grace. I think this is going to be a great year. I really do. I think we'll look back and think, well, praise God again, and I'll be up again, and remember, share about how the Lord's provided. Because He's a faithful God. But yet again, we have the opportunity to play a part, to be a part of the story, to be a part of what He's building through our church. And so for you here, the folk that couldn't come to life and sitting at home, probably stuck with no power or things, we've all got a part to play. The race isn't an individual race, it's a group race. I've been looking at it a few weeks, a few people have said to me, uh, my own kids actually said to me, hey, wouldn't it be in a race where some people win and some people not win? It's like the tough mother. I've never done it, I've heard about it. <laughs> the tough mother, people run in groups. And then there's obstacles. What do they do? They don't clear up by themselves. No. The point is, I mean, every man and woman, oh goodness, we're running together. We are going to win together. The way we win is by finishing. And we run together. So we may all have the individual parts, and it's for me. But we run this race together. And we win together by finishing. So may that be our story. And then we pray. But I did thank you for solving Grace Church of Sydney. But you birthed us. This is your body of believers. As so long as we consider the year ahead, what we're excited, what we believe, for what we believe you have planned for us, the Lord, we will be able to do nothing unless you establish the way of Lord, I pray that the work of our hands would be clear, that we would run this race with passion and zeal and enthusiasm, because you're worthy of it all. But Lord, would we fall in love with you more this year, fresh? Would we finish this year more excited about you, more aware of your presence, more aware of your smile in our lives? Would we be more affected by you by year end? Lord, help us to run with zeal this way. Look at you, founder and perfecter of our family. And so we commit all these things to you in Jesus' name. I mean, folks, for all of you who are in gospel communities, I would encourage you to check in on other people in your group to make sure they're actually like, surviving. Because in all seriousness, like friends downstairs is started, so we might need to go over there and help them. There may be other people in our family, in our wider family, who need help. You know, we've been struggling with fires, we're praying for rain. We just don't need to do it. We can pray for rain. But let's care for each other, let's love each other. Let's go talk to the Amen.